Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fisherman's Post Saltwater Podcast Series. This episode is titled Winter Stripers on the Noose, and I'm going to be talking to Captain Ashley King of Keep Casting Charters. We're going to be covering such areas as electronics, ledges, bait, and techniques, tactics. Uh, my name is Gary Hurley of Fisherman's Post. Fisherman's Post has been serving the saltwater fishing community of North Carolina since 2003. Been bringing you fishing reports, fishing information, fishing tournaments, fishing schools, and here in our latest and greatest efforts, the Saltwater Podcast series. And it is in this series where we reach out to our captain and guide friends from up and down the North Carolina coast and ask them to share with us their insights, their knowledge on how to catch more fish more often. In this endeavor, I'm joined, as I am in every podcast episode, by Billy Thorpe, of Thorpe Creative. Welcome to another podcast episode, Billy. Hey, what's going on, Gary? Good to see you, man. Excited about this striper fishing show. Even though I won't be striper fishing this year, I'm excited to hear about, <laughs> about Captain Ashley and all the all the tips and tricks that he's going to be sharing with us. So good to see you. Yeah, man. It's a popular it, it's a popular winter fishery, man. I mean, truth be told, probably numbers wise, trout beats it, but stripers is right there. It's right behind it. Yeah, At least man. for me. Yeah, well, because you've got a lot of captains that like to, to striper fish, so they just bring you along, so I get it. I mean, it's it's not really your choice. It's their choice, Gary, just to be honest. I try to help them out. You know, they invite me and ask me to share with them my insights yeah. and my knowledge on how to catch more stripers more often. <laughs> well, man, I, I'm looking forward to getting into it, and I'll go ahead and jump into a few sponsor shout-outs, and then we'll go from there and, and get rock and rolling here. So first up is uh, Marine Warehouse Center. Got a quick message from them. I'll be right back. At Marine Warehouse, we have everything. We have new boats, we have parts, we have accessories, new trailers. We have a complete service department with highly trained technicians. Anything you need to get out on the water, we have. At Marine Warehouse Center, as we've grown over the last few years, now have a large section of marine supplies from start to finish for all your boating needs. What I love about this region is to be able to get out on the water, and also we love to be able to get you out on the water. The best part of working at Marine Warehouse is being able to get involved with the customers and share a love for the water. There it is, Marine Warehouse. Make sure you guys go hook them up or let them hook you up or something. I don't know. <laughs> go see yeah, them. man. Big friends of Fisherman's Post. Parts, service, sales, they do it all. And as far as jokes go, we have a development, Billy. All right. I'm excited. Somebody new tell you a joke or what? Well, I think Emmett's gotten a little jealous over the oh. attention that Terrell's been getting, a little all jealous. Right. And. He's been sitting on it, I guess, as long as he could. And he reached out and he basically said, if this podcast is going to continue to have Marine Warehouse Center, then he wants a piece of the action. Oh, all right. Is he? So he kind of made me an offer I can't. He kind of made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And I thought, well, maybe he'll be better at telling jokes than Terrell. And that's a big fat no. I mean, I'll just go ahead and take out the drama right now, the suspense. That's a big fat no. But well, we'll as it goes, you're you're a friendlier receptor than I am to the jokes. So to be clear, this is Emmett's joke, not Terrell's, not Gary's. This is Emmett's joke. Are you ready for this? I'm ready when you are. Where do fish astronauts go? 
into Trouter space, into Trouter space. Yeah, dude, no, that's great. That's great, Emmett. Thank you so much for submitting the Trouter space joke. I loved it. It's great. I don't have my soundboard rock and rolling. Otherwise, you would get a big round of applause. I love it, Gary. Trouter space is hilarious. No? I love that he. I love that he sponsors the podcast. So let me clean my nose off real quick. Where's my tissues? <laughs> oh man, great really guys. Appreciate those guys. So much fun. Yeah, they're, they're great, man. They're great. So um, they've been sponsoring the show, man. I think I was telling somebody today since like episode five, Gary, which is just insane. Uh, so supportive of what we're doing. So really, really appreciate those guys being a part of it. And speaking of sponsors, got a couple more to shout out here. Uh, the next one up is Bland Landscaping Company. Um, as you can see, they're established since 1976, and they are looking for good men and women to come be a part of their team, people who are passionate about the outdoors, who want to work outdoors, uh, but not just work outdoors, but also have the benefits, uh, a lot of different benefits, Gary. I was looking at their careers website there, and uh, a lot of stuff, like like education matches and career, you know, like all kinds of 401k stuff. So if you're looking for a new job in the new year, head over there to their website, go to careers on their show or on their website rather, and uh, submit your application. They got locations and positions everywhere and super great company. And they, they told me like, we're looking for people who want to go to work early and get off work early and spend time with their family, friends and, and outdoors because they're big outdoorsmen as well. So I like their approach, man. It seems like they want quality people and they're willing to pay for that quality people. I think that's a great recipe, man. I, th I think anyone would be smart to look into it. Yeah, man. And I think our next sponsor, R.A. Hitch, might be neighbors with some of the people over at Bland Land Landscaping Co. So uh, I, they both listen to the show. They both reach out to us. And so these are really cool to have both of these sponsors on. So we got uh, we got R.A. Hitch, Hitch's Trailers, Bike Racks, all kinds of stuff, whatever you need to gear out your vehicle. Uh, if you're the outdoors person, they can get you taken care of. Chris and his team can. And um, if they can't do that, just call Chris and see if you can get on his boat and go fishing because that's where he's at. I'm not going to say every weekend, but probably a lot of weekends. <laughs> Gary's been trying. Good to for him. Get in line behind Gary. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> yes, yeah, so appreciate those guys jumping on, joining us. Uh, a ton of fun, man. Always always more fun to have sponsors on the show. So if you want to sponsor the show, reach out to me, Billy, at Fisherman'sPost.com. I can send you some more info. And if you want to support Gary and I's coffee addiction, go to buymeacoffee.com slash Fisherman's Post, and you can buy us a cup of coffee. Five bucks goes a long way for Gary. Gets me about a half a cup. Gets him about 12 cups. So it's a really good deal, <laughs> and we appreciate you. <laughs> we do. We absolutely do appreciate you. And this is my time to say, all right, Billy, I'm going to be talking to Ashley about stripers. And when I come back oh. after talking with Ashley, Billy's best takeaway. Oh, Gary, you sure you want to talk about it or do you want to see one? Because I got one right here. Oh. From Joey Atkins with a sheep head caught on live shrimp while fishing the ICW near Wrightsville Beach. That is a criminal. Is that what they call them? Because the stripes? Is that? Yeah, man. All right. They steal the bait. <laughs> Not maybe the stripes, maybe because they steal they're good oh. at stealing bait. <laughs> yeah, whatever. What do I know about fishing? I don't what do you I know? started a fishing podcast so I can learn. All right, Gary. <laughs> I'm turning over to you. I'm gonna be ready for the best takeaway. All right, man. So right now I'm gonna welcome to the show and start talking fishing with Captain Ashley King of Keep Casting Charters. Ashley, man, it's good to be talking to you. Satan. Man, uh, 
One note I didn't make in my pre-show notes. Where do you say you're out of, man? Are you out of New Bern? Where do you describe Keep Casting Charters? New Bern and surrounding areas. Um, that's right, why my boat's on the trailer because I'll pull it where the body is. Well, Ashley, we have a tradition on the show. So before we talk about winter stripers on the news, we've got two questions for you. Are you ready for your two questions, Captain Ashley? Yes, sir. First yep. question, why should we listen to anything you have to say about a striper? <laughs> I get lucky from time to time with a striper. No, I've been uh, I've been fishing here on the Noose River since 2005. Got my captain's license in 13. I've been running trips ever since. And I grew up fishing Jacksonville, New River trout fishing. And when I got up here in Newburn, got involved with a few folks that really knew what was going on. And they showed me what a striper was all about. And that is a year-time fishery right here around Newburn, from heat of the summer right on out the dead of winter. Um, there, there's most of the time stripers around here to be caught. It's a good time. Um, it is a good time, and I've I've caught them with you, and it is a good time with all the opportunity they present. So question number two is, as tradition goes, a non-fishing-related question. And often when I'm typing striper, it auto-corrects to stripper. So I have a stripper question for you, Ashley. What <laughs> is right. what is the most <laughs> common day job for strippers? Strippers that work a day job, what's their most common day job? Most of them, they say when you talk to them at strip club, Not now, I have not been to a strip club in many, many years, but they're all students. They're going, that's what they're doing. They're stripping so they can pay their, their school loans off. Whether well, that, true might or not, be that, that might be the highest percentage, but as far as those that are working a day job, uh, research shows it's teachers. 14% of strippers are also teachers by day. Uh, somebody's teachers looked a lot better than mine did when I was in school. I, was <laughs> I had some really great teachers, but not stripper quality. <laughs> me, me either. Now that I think about it, wait, where do you go to school for these strippers? So, yes. Ashley, let's talk, let's talk stripers. Let's get out of, let's get off the of strippers <laughs> and start talking stripers. I think in our notes, you're going to talk first about how, I guess, using electronics to find fish, to find bait. You tell me, man, in the notes, it says electronics. What are you going to tell us? Typically, I, I have got a, I've got a new puppy. That's why you keep me looking because she is raising cane right now and chewing the world apart. But uh, typically what I do Striper fishing. I turn my electronics on. I have a uh, nine-inch Simrad, uh, really nice unit, and I use side imaging to go down to big breaks and stuff to actually find the fish. In the winter time, I'll say ninety percent of the fish that we catch, I point them out to the clients on my unit. There they are. We're fixing to catch them. And as I'm using my unit side imaging, I have two or three trolling baits out the back, which are most of the time deep diving net traps, which go uh, eight, nine foot. And the Yozuris, when I get on my real deep ledges, they'll go about 15, 18 foot. And there is some 25, 30 foot water around here in Newburn, not far from us. And uh, when I... Hang on just a second. When 
I locate the fish with those uh, deep divers because I'm going slow for my side imaging to work. And once I locate the fish, I'll pull across them a couple times with my deep divers. And if the wind will allow, we'll spin the boat around and have some heavy jig heads with uh, soft plastics. And most of the time I use the XL Little Johns, different colors. And uh, that's what I use to cast on to my to my baits once I find a school of fish on a ledge. All right. So I've got a couple of follow-up questions. You say trolling down, looking for, down the breaks. So what what do you mean when you mean a break? Like for those of us that are, need a little bit of help, we're talking about a, a change in depth and like uh, how significant of a change in depth are you trying to find? Most of the upper noose, we have giant ledges that will be, you can, t- you can take your rod, stick out beside the boat, and touch a cypress tree and your boat's floating in 30 foot of water in several spots up river. And what you're looking for most time I try to fish on the ledge and I like to set my boat in the deeper water and fish up ledge when I'm casting. But as I'm trolling, I'll be try to get on the deeper ledges. And when I say deeper, most of my water that I'm fishing and I fish these, these spots in the summertime, will be three to five foot to a 12 to 16 foot ledge. And that ledge will happen within a boat length. So if you just visualize walking and just falling off in a great big canal that goes way over your head, that's what these ledges look like. They're, they're really steep within 15 or 20 foot. You go from five to six foot down to 16, 18 foot. And I, put my boat right on the ledge as I'm trolling my side imaging just to see what's on that ledge. Cause sometimes your fish will be on top of the ledge. Sometimes they'll be at the bottom of the ledge. Sometimes they'll be suspended up and down that ledge. And, um, as I'm trolling by, we'll, we'll snag. And I, I have caught a lot of fish that I never marked as far as just trolling my baits, looking on these ledges and it's nothing to troll two or three miles up the river looking for stuff and you'll pick fish up anywhere from 10 inch little school sharpers right on up. I have caught some trolling that were 28, 29 inches trolling. And that's 29 inch striper is a big fish on a medium rod. So you're cruising these, you're trolling these ledges and you said you're going slow so that the side scan can work and be effective. How slow are you going? The magic number that I have found trolling speed is between three and four mile an hour. And I've had days where three to three and a half is the ticket. And then I've had days where they wouldn't touch it at three. You'd had to go four, three and a half to four mile an hour. Fine, just like the offshore fishing, there's a fine line with your speed to get a bite. And once you figure out what that speed is, stick with that speed because most time the rest of the day rest of the trip that'll be the speed that those fish want and you have deep divers out the back and your goal with those deep divers is to have them close to the bottom but just not banging the bottom as close to the bottom as you can get without without banging not 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 as close to the bottom because most of my baits the deep dive net track i think they're the xr10s they go eight to nine foot and most of the water that I'm fishing will be anywhere from 12 to 15 foot. 
and you'll get these fish come up. And when I do get in these deeper stretches, I'll take a Yozuri, which goes 15 to 16, 18 foot. But when I throw them out, I'm fishing 20 to 25 to 30 foot water. There's a few stretches on the river right here that will have that deep water and those extra deep divers, the big Yozuris that go down, like you catch King Microwid, they will they they will jerk and snatch on one. Um, what was I gonna, man, I just had my question, but I forget it'll come back to me when I ask this question. So of course, every day is different and you know, it's hard to predict, but as far as pattern goes, have you figured out any kind of pattern about why you might find more fish on a, up on the higher side of the ledge or down on the lower side of the ledge or suspended? Have you, have you patterned anything, any theory on why they might be one place one day, another place, another? Typically up the noose in the wintertime pattern if you fish the ledge looking for them and you see them but you don't get a bite trolling if you take a and most time i use a blue water candy three eight ounce jig head with a, a little john xl various colors uh golden brim is a great color and the money color and i have white's a great color and i've got some pink ones also or i took some pink ones or some white ones and dyed them pink and i've done really well on them last year as well but if you if you're marking a lot of fish and up river you'll mark a lot of gar and when you mark big school gar there are stripes up under those gar so I don't know about wintertime. I know I've been striper fishing and gar or busting the surface, you know, slurping the surface, whatever you want to say. Um, do you find stripers only underneath the gar when you're finding them on the machine, or do you find stripers underneath gar that might be slurping, you know, making some surface disruption? The, the gar are let you know the fish are there, there's some activity there, or some life, I should say. And when the gar's busting, we catch a lot of gar by catching stripers, foul hooking them. I've had a few hook right in the mouth when I'm doing my trolling deal. But most of the time when you find gar, there are stripers under those gar. And that goes with trout as well. Um, the Trent River last year did not produce much at all as far as stripers or trout. The upper noose will not produce many trout at all. Once you get past railroad trestle, about a mile up past railroad trestle, you'll find a trout here or there. But up the Trent River, it's nothing to catch a limit of trout and a limit of rock together in the same identical spot. With gar around? With gar around, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, uh, my, question, my question that I blanked on before was back to trolling, and it is – I mean, does it matter how far behind the boat you're putting your your deep divers, your your Apollos? Really, what you got to worry about, the further you get behind the boat, the deeper your bait's going to go. Most of the time, what I do, just like the offshore guys, I, I space my stuff out. I got a short line, a and a short line is just a, a solid cast. My medium line is a solid cast, two pumps of the rod to get some line off of my rod. And then you got your long line, and I'll put three or four pumps on it and leave it in my rotter or in my uh, leaning post back of it. And that way you get your spread, <clears throat> and upper noose ain't just a couple hundred yards wide, so you got to make a tight turn. 
And by having them spaced out like that, it allows me to make my turns tight, just bump the boat up a little bit, get you a little RPM to make your turn, keep your lines tight. And most of the time that prevents your stuff from fouling up behind you. And three lines is pretty standard for your winter trolling spread. For me, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So and, and really, I, I really don't see really that many people trolling. I see a lot of folks trolling the bridge and the trestle, but up uh, the upper river where I fish, hardly ever see anybody trolling up there. And it so is a very, very effective way to find fish. So I'm, I'm hearing this, and I guess what my question is now is like, maybe put me on your boat. So we're heading out for a half day of winter striper fishing. So your first move is to do some trolling to try to find some fish. And it's not just find some fish so the client is happy because, you know, got a, a line pulled tight, but that's your, that's your searching effort. Is that correct? Correct. Uh, unless I know there's some fish in a spot. Now, if, the, if, if, if I know there's fish there, we will run right to that spot and cast like, that's all we'll do is run right there, start casting, and catch some fish. And when that bite dies off, then I will deploy my trolling tactics to find, locate more fish. But if it's been a while since I've been up there, I'll just start out right past one of my little spots there, start go right to it, throw my rods out, and just troll through there just to see, see what's going. Because I control, like I said, I control three or four miles easily. All right. So now I'm on your boat. I'm your client. We we're trolling. So what has to happen for you to say, I'm bringing in the trolling spreads. We're going to fish this area. What, what has, what do you have to see? What do you have to experience for us to say we're going to casting? When I see a great big knot of fish and it's hard to explain without being on the boat, me showing you that that is stripers right there, that, you got to see that. But when I see that and I point it out to my clients, say, there they are. We're going to reel these in. And this is my typical, hey, guys, let's reel this in. We're going to spin around, get these uh, jigs, and we're going to start jigging for these fish. And then you've already mentioned it, but I'm going to ask you to repeat yourself. So we pull the trolling line out. We're going to jig for these fish. And so what are you putting in my hand to cast? Um, my, my trolling stuff is medium 30-pound braid. A medium rod, 30-pound braid, 3,000 reel, what I use for live bait fish in the summertime weed. And all my casting stuff is seven-foot medium-light TFOs with 10-pound braid, super sensitive, and cast it out there, watch your line. When you're reading your line, when the line hits the bottom, your line will come slack. I reel the slack out, give it two good pops, three good pops, and real short jab action and just let it fall and just keep your line tight when it lays on the bottom bounce it up again and hold on for the thump it's going to be one of two things a stump or a nice rod and what's on the end of that rod are you using fluoro and again i know you've told me what jig you tie on but i just want to hear it again yeah. so tell I, me about I the use, tell me about the leader and then what's and what's your tied on to your leader I use 10 pound Power Pro, plain and simple. Uh, Power Pro for me is tried and true. Um, I've had no issues with it. All my reels are Stratix. Really no issues with them, wind knots or anything like that. And you'll get one every once in a while. I mean, that's the nature of the beast. 
but uh, I tip it with a 15-pound fluorocarbon leader, and I use a KVD size 1, I think it is, 40-pound speed clip, and that allows me to change colors and jigs out pretty quick. Um, every now and then you'll have one come undone, but if I ever have one opening, and when I do have one open, most time when you net a uh, net a fish, that's when that striper or when that speed clip's gonna come undone is in the net. And so just check them right regular, and if it's open, cut it off. A pack of fifty is three dollars. So tie a new one on, go right back at it. That allows me to change baits out, and you're going to lose baits regularly. So if I start missing a lot of – or if I start losing a lot of tackle, I'll just leave off the uh, speed clips and just tie straight to the lure. And that's – I mean, it is what it is. You, I wish I had back every lure that I've lost upriver, but, hey, it is what it is. Man, and you are – again, I'm asking you to repeat yourself, but you shared a little bit with us about your thoughts on color – Man, so how about how about rehashing that with me? Your thoughts on color when it comes to jigging? When the water's fairly clear, bright, bright day. Um, and granted, I'm fishing, like I said, anywhere from ten to twenty foot. Um, I like my my go-to starter colors are golden brim, watermelon, red glitter for a natural color. And I'll have somebody else on the boat with a bright color, either a pink or the money color, which is a real bright chartreuse. And I've got every color in between those two colors. And what I typically do start out with my clients, one on a natural color, one on a really bright color. And whatever's getting the most bite, that's where my speed clips come in. We'll rotate right over to what's getting the best bite. Um, I had a client one day, I was fishing something totally different. They were fishing, three of them were fishing the same color, watermelon, red glitter. Client turned around and looked at me. He said, why are all three of us fishing the same color and you're fishing something different? I said, Who, who's catching all the fish? He said, we are. I said, there you go. I said, y'all are fishing what they're biting. I'm trying something else to see if I can get a better bite on anything else if they'll bite any other color. And most of the time with striper, color don't matter that much, but I've got my go-tos. And um, I do use I a lot to. of Z-Man jerk shads as well. So one of the questions that I have for just about every captain, like, and I, I, I almost asked it when we went to trolling, like, how do you know it's time to modify the speed? Like how much time do you invest at three to three and a half before you bump it up to four? And then same thing with color, like how, you know, if you're not getting bites with a couple of different colors, how long are you throwing those until you say, man, that's been 10 casts we're going to change out. That's been 20 casts we're going to change out. What's your thought for how much time you invest before you make a change? With my trolling, Clown, blue bat, hot steel is pretty much the go-tos. And as I'm going, traveling, I'll find different color X traps, but those three are the three that I start with. And most of the time, that hot steel and that blue bat are deadly. Um, and that that's just, I mean, they, they work, and I really don't, 
switch them out much. Um, I will throw a clown out there, a white, and I, I've got several baits that, um, like a white, I'll take an orange belly paint, take fingernail polish. I've got four or five different colors of fingernail polish in the garage, and I'll sit out there and just paint up different baits and stuff like that as far as touching up colors making blueback lures because they're very hard to find now with our little pandemic thing going on. Um, and wh whatever I can find. And I really don't think the trolling matters that much. And as far as the soft plastic colors, um, like I said, I, I, I start them. I've got a couple naturals, a couple brights, and whatever works the best is what we'll, what we'll lean to that way. So my next question is like, I was fortunate enough to go fishing with you for stripers there on the news in the warmer months. And, you know, you put me on a fantastic topwater bite. Does topwater exist in the winter months in the colder months? I have caught stripers in, I think it was March 48 degree water tent. Uh, me and my buddy were fishing, made a cast, little John, just straight little John, not XL. We're fishing at the railroad trestle. And as uh, soon as the bait hit the water, I didn't even flip the bail, and he bit it. And I looked at Chris. I said, man, I'm going to try this. Uh, I'm going to try a top water plug. I said, as quick as he hit that, I'm going to try a top water plug. 48-degree water, windy, cloudy, and should not have caught a fish on top water, and we smoked them that day. We ended up catching 40-some on top water in 48-degree water. And I have caught them in as warm as 92 degrees. And when you catch your fish in super hot water, um, the mortality rate is pretty high on the summertime fish. So I try to be easy with those. I, I'll still catch them, but we'll catch a handful and then we'll go look for something else, try to find some drum or something like that. So we're not just absolutely destroying our fishery that we have here. Man, uh, what, uh, I think I'm at the end of my questions as far as winter striper. And we've, I think we've worked through your talking points, electronics, ledges, baits, and tactics. Um, what about it, man? What have I not asked? What have I not set you up to say, or what have you thought, man, this is something that anyone considering winter striper fishing on the news should know. Let me check see my code bait selection preferred tackle setups. We've covered all that. Um, probably, and I'll say the the hardest time of the year to catch a striper is when they migrate, go up the noose for their uh, migration for their spawning season. But the month before. And this was not a good year because it took them – I don't know what happened this year. 2021 was a weird year on the Noose River. Um, typically, the month before February, January, first part of February, you kill the stripes because they're staging up to make the run up river. And they'll go up there, be gone two to three weeks when they come do their – excuse me, when they do their spawning and come back down. Um, the feed sacks on, they've gone up there to spawn and you'll catch them in the same spots on the migration back down. And, uh, th those are great times of year. Um, when you're striper fishing up the Trent river, you've got the opportunity 
to catch plenty of trout when they come up to Newbern. And this year's shaping up to be a really good trout year up here in Newbern. And you can do a mixed bag typically the week of Thanksgiving. Um, I can make a 14-mile run from Lawson Creek and have a limit of trout. And back when we could keep the stripers, a limit of stripers. Um, it's nothing to have a 40-fish day in the wintertime striper fishing. And since we've had the closure, we're three years. This is the start of our third year in our two-year moratorium. Four stripers, so we're still in the closed season. But the quality of stripers since they have had this closure is phenomenal. Um, when I first started striper fishing here in Newburn, 26-inch fish was like catching Sasquatch. Now we're catching – it's nothing to catch a 25 to a 30-inch fish, and I've had a few over um, – I've had one over 10 pounds on my boat caught. My great uncle caught one 11 half pounds. And just a couple, few weeks ago, I caught my largest striper at the railroad trestle, 32 inches, 12 and a half pounds. And we've had several at the railroad trestle this year that were pushed 15, 16 pounds. Wow. Right on. Man, uh... also. Hey, one more thing, fishing these ledges, yeah. when the wind when the wind allows, I carry my crappy tackle with me. And if we don't have a hard wind where you can actually feel an eighth-ounce crappy jig, that is a good bycatch. That will carry supper to the house. Crappy catfish and a striper will gnaw on a crappy jig also. I've caught many non-stripers on crappy jigs while I was crappy fishing when the stripers weren't wanting to participate. Man, uh, I think my last question for you tonight, Ashley, is let people know a little bit more about keep casting. So you've already told us, man, you're fishing stripers year round. What else are you doing? What else is on the keep casting highlight reel as far as the calendar year goes? Um, the springtime, if, uh, the stripper migration, when they start coming back down, while I'm waiting for them to come back down, that's where I, I do my pan fishing, crappy, brim, stuff like that. Um, ultralight rod and reels, I've got a full, complete set of that. Um, let's see, the spring. Then I've run several crappy trips when the crappy start spawning up the Trent River. I've run many trips up there, catching a lot of nice crappy. Um, also crappy up the noose. Um, Summertime, you start getting your reds, your slot reds in. So we'll topwater fish for stripers and your drum. Then you got the old drum season, uh, and they, they came in a couple weeks, three weeks, hey, almost a month early this year. Uh, pretty much they were here from middle of July right on through almost the end of October. It's probably two weeks ago they were still catching them right here in Newburn, um, old drum. Uh, had a really good year old drum fishing this year. It started out for me a little slow, but uh, once I once I got my got my bearings up under me with the old drum, it was it was a really good really good fishery. And the slot drum up here this year, I, I've never seen the amount of slot drum. And uh, pretty much uh, 12, 12 months of the year, you can fish here in Newbury. There's always something to catch. Just got to got to go for it. 
Ashley, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. I knew I would enjoy talking to you. It's been a while since I've been on your boat. And yeah, man, I'm shameless. I'm, I also use these podcasts to say, hey, don't forget about me, man. Get me back out there. Yes, I'd, love to catch a, I'd love to catch a winter striper with you now. Yeah, I got a lot of vacation coming up, so come on. All right, man. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Billy. What's up, Gary? Good episode, man. That was a lot of fun. Really fun. Yeah, man, he's easy, he's easy to talk to, fun to talk to. I knew it was going to be a good show. Yeah, man. I love how you just tag on. Hey, man, don't forget about me. Get me on your boat. Right? <laughs> I, That's what this podcast is about, right? It's about I, me. It's about booking Gary some fishing trips. <laughs> Shoot your shot, man. You don't know You don't know until you go, all right? You don't know until you try. Um, man, so my best takeaway is, you know, hearing him talk about catching – striper on top water in 48 degree water is or 40 you know 40s it's crazy like you know that's one of my favorite any type of fishing i'm doing where it's possibility to catch fish on top water i'm going to throw a top water lure so i think that's a pretty cool like just try it you know even stuff that you think won't work just try it and see because uh i mean i've been striper fishing with you actually a couple times I didn't catch anything though. You know what? These captains always put you in the right spot at the right time. What the heck? <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I Actually, think people, get me on my takeaway is they should, uh, <laughs> people should look at his quick change, uh, rig. Cause when he said that, I forgot when I was fishing topwaters with him, look at this thing at the end and the terminal tackle and wondering if it's going to throw off the bite, if it's going to throw fish off. And it didn't. We had a great topwater day. And it did, just like you say, allow us to tr quick change out, change color. Here, this is working. Throw this. And you're doing those changes super fast, keeping the fishing time, the bait on the water. And it, it worked for us, man. We had a great day. Yeah, that's cool. Well, it was a good show, man. I think a lot of people were getting you know, like, oh, man, getting fired up for the winter fishing time and good yeah. the stripers. So um, I will be fishing up there this winter, but. Hey, whatever. I'm going to try to catch a tarpon or two this coming weekend, so I'm excited. Always Good. this coming weekend. <laughs> man, I'm, I love the talk. I'm just still waiting for a photo, man. I mean, I love talk, but you know photo what? will shut me up. I'll have somebody catch one. I'll hold it, and I'll send it right over. <laughs> All right. I'll even give you that. And oh, I'm, I'll still be waiting. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, man. All right, Gary. Well, it's been fun, dude. And uh, once again, want to shout out Marine Warehouse Center and Bland Landscaping Co. for making this episode possible. They're our platinum sponsors for this episode, so really appreciate them. Uh, go support their business. And also uh, for Bland, if you're looking for that job this, this new year, be sure to reach out to them and, uh, and apply. So we want to make sure we get those guys plenty of phone calls with job seekers. So go call them. All right, Gary, anything else, man? Nope. Had fun. Another great episode in the books. We'll talk to you soon. Fish and